I'm not, I'm not a robot. Like, and I wasn't there to have fun. I was there to win medals and not fuck up, which I occasionally would. So, and when I did, I would try to at least own it. Hey guys, and welcome to a new episode of What Makes You Think. I'm your host, Nicole Langevin, and this is the show that puts a new spin on interviews, showing you a unique and often funny side of some of your favorite figures in sports and entertainment. But don't worry, we get to some real stuff too. I wanted to take a second and let you guys know about some events that are coming up. On June 12th, My Gym Judge, which is the company that I co-own with Chelsea Memo, we are hosting Just Flip, which is an adult virtual competition. So it happens in real time. Athletes receive scores. They also will receive videos after the competition of their judges, including Chelsea and I, giving feedback on their performances. Now, this is not just a regular meet. Besides the fact of getting feedback and being able to compete live virtually, there's also the opportunity to compete what's called exhibition. So you can have 45 seconds and you can show us anything that you want feedback on. There's no scores for exhibition, but there's feedback. You could do a dance through. You can show some tumble track passes. You can show us your progress on your press handstands. It's totally up to you. There's also a wide beam opportunity as well. And on top of that, Pam from the Better Late podcast is going to be our quote unquote reporter on the ground. She's going to be interviewing athletes after the performances to find out their individual adult gymnastics journeys. We've also got a bunch of precision training camps coming up between June 18th and early October. Events are in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C., Florida, and North Carolina, and more to come. You can check out all upcoming events that I'm involved with at precisionchoreo.com backslash registration. Today's guest, well, she's a good one. She's quite a character, one of the most decorated and celebrated gymnasts in U.S. history, if not the world. 10-time world medalist, Olympic silver medalist, Olympic team captain, and multiple world champion on vault, floor as well as with Team USA. She's very outspoken, often called the honey badger of the USA team, none other than Alicia Sacramoni. So if you are familiar with this show, you know that I like to put my guests in some uncomfortable situations in an effort to try to get them to think and act a little bit outside the box. Well, Alicia needs no warm up. I have to say this episode was a challenge to edit and that I believe there are about 47 bleeps, uh, not totally all on Alicia's shoulders either. So this is the bleep episode. I hope that you enjoy this and have as much fun as I did. And I want to clarify before we get into this that I love Alicia and you will hear me refer to her with a certain term that may sound derogatory, but actually, if you are a fellow New Englander, specifically from Massachusetts, you might hear it actually as a term of endearment. But I do wanna clarify, it starts with an M. I am calling her a mass hole. Hi, Alicia, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, hello, Nicole, it's my pleasure. In so long so so how are things with your life right now you got a, a family of like 17 yep we're basically the doggers over here i am um, just kidding we have three little girls uh four 
two and one. It's a lot of estrogen in this house. My poor husband. Um, I, yeah, I just feel bad for him. And I think they're like, they don't have their, you know, their time of the month yet, but I think they have like the emotional oh God, I even roller think- coaster of it. So yeah, when we're all synced up, it's going to be real great. Oh yeah. But it's awesome. They're so much fun. They're at cool ages where they're like starting to be like actual people. So that's yeah. been, it's been an adjustment because, you know, they like sass you back now and you're like, oh, okay. Wasn't ready for that, but all right, here we are. I remember a long time ago, you and I talking about kids and you're like, I don't know what I would ever do if I had a daughter. <laughs> Joke's on me. I have three. <laughs> like they're daddy's girls, right? Oh yeah. He said he would have all girls. He's like, I don't care. He's like, we can keep having girls. And I'm like, let's, like, let's pump the brakes here. College is going to be expensive. Well, there's, there is some talent in their blood though. So, you know, and I guess Sloan might be the only one, but do they understand what mom and dad have done and are doing as far as, you know, sports and success go? Not really. Um, I mean, Sloan has seen like YouTube videos of when I used to do gymnastics. Her pre-K three teacher used to like play it for the class. She's like, Hey, I hope you don't mind. I was playing your gymnastics videos today. I was like, that's not weird at all. No, sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is great. Um, so she like knows I did gymnastics, yeah. but I I'll take her to like gymnastics class and I just sit there and I like, won't say anything. She'll be like, mom, watch. And she's not doing anything right. And I'm just like, good job. Sloane. <laughs> talking to Vanessa Atler the other day, we we're talking about, you know, the same thing, like kids doing gymnastics. And I bring Rosanna to her little class. And I was always scared before I had kids that if they did gymnastics, I wouldn't I would be so obnoxious, right? Like, yeah, see everything. Any, like, I watch her, this mom switch just goes off in my brain, and I don't see the floppy legs. I don't, well, I mean, obviously, I'm saying it, but I saw it, but there's no part of me that has any <laughs> at all in correcting what she's doing. And it's no. I agree. like, I love that feeling, but it's just funny. Like, but I kind of hope that she doesn't really want to do it. No, I really don't want any of them to do it. Tegan does like a mom and me class on Tuesday. So I have to like be in there with her. Um, but she just does whatever she wants. She's like, no, mom, don't help me. I'm like, fine. I don't want to help you. Do it yourself. Um, and it's funny because all the, the coaches, at, when I first started taking them, they like didn't really know mm-hmm. it was me because I'm pretty incognito when I go places. Um, and so they finally like put two and two together and they're like, are you so happy they're doing gymnastics? I'm like, no, this is the only thing that's open right now. So they're in class. Till those dance studios and basketball courts open up, this is where we're going to be. Yeah, you'll find me. I just got Sloan in tennis. I'm like, come on, you can be the next Anna Kornikova. You don't need to be that great. Be really pretty and mediocre. So mean. She was beautiful. <laughs> she is beautiful. And she, yeah. was pr- she was good at tennis. She didn't win anything big, but, you know, she was good. Yeah, I was speaking of mediocre, extremely mediocre. I still get people all the time like, oh, are they going to do gymnastics? Are they going to the Olympics? I'm like, I don't know who even who they are yet. Like, and and let's not put that pressure on him. But I just wonder what is that? What is that like to a kid? Like my my mom was in the Olympics. So this is my destiny. I'm supposed to do it. Or my mom was in the Olympics. So uh, I don't want to go anywhere near that. And you've got three. Like how that's going to go. Well, maybe the odds will be in someone's favor that one of them will try. But I honestly, I, they can do whatever they want. I don't want to push them in gymnastics because I did it. I don't feel like they have to do it. Like I said, they're only in it right now because it's open and they it like makes them tired. Let's be real. Um, but Brady would love nothing more for them to like follow in my footsteps and be gymnasts yeah. and like try for the Olympics. And I'm like, 
you say that now too, you have to sit through level five compulsory for five <laughs> hours in here. Dun, dun. And he's like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, just wait, just you know. wait, just wait. So <laughs> we'll see. I think uh, it will add pressure on them though, for sure. I think any kids who have like parents that are, you know, had success in either sports or acting or anything kind of industry that kind of puts more pressure on them to feel like if they do choose to do it, that they need to follow in their footsteps, which can be a lot for a kid. And I just want them to be happy. I mean, we definitely named my son after one of the greatest drummers of all time. So no pressure there, buddy, but here's your drum set. (laughs) Go, Go teach yourself how to drum. So you said that you're always incognito, which is just funny to me. Like, I, I mean, if I were you, I would just, I would have, world champion of the world across my forehead and then like on my back it'd be like 10 10 world medals like how do you (laughs) is it is it just that it after a while gets annoying to have to tell the same story and have the same conversation or like what is that well you know me well enough where it's like I'm never telling the same story (laughs) to anybody which is even funnier um but I think closer to my Olympics, when it first happened, people would recognize me more. Now it's been like a strong decade plus that my Olympics happened. So um, I still have like the Olympic rings on my neck as my tattoo. So if I have like my hair up and I'm in a grocery store, someone's like, oh, is that the Olympic rings? I'm like, yes. They're like, oh, d- did you go? I'm like, no, I'm just like a really big fan. It's my favorite thing to tell people. And they just what get so uncomfortable. And they... <laughs> They think I'm such a creep, like, oh my gosh, who would do that? And then like, if I'm, you know, feeling compassionate, I'm like, you know, I'm just joking. I was in the Olympics in 2008 and they're like, oh, okay. And then what's your name? How'd you do? Yada, yada, yada. And then like 45 minutes into my public thing, I'm stuck here talking to the stranger about the Olympics. Right. But yeah, I'm I'm not like walking around with my medals all the time being like, hey, look at these blank pieces. I totally would. And I still have the picture of me wearing your medal at a sake bar. Yep, I have it on my phone. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we were singing the national anthem. We were pledging the allegiance to the flag. We were pledging the war. Yeah, and taking a lot of shots. A lot of sake bars. (laughs) So speaking of, I've, I've always wanted to have this conversation with you because when I do interviews, you come up all the time. And they want to know, where did that connection come from? What's the story? And I tell them the story. And then I just wondered, I wonder what your recollection, like your your side of it is. So just to spark your memory a little bit. We were at, it was right after 08. And you were at some something in San Jose. Yep. And you were sitting with someone kind of like way up in the stands. I was actually surprised because you were like, far back like not around people now i know you and i get it but and the kids that i was coaching were like freaking out that you were over there and i was secretly freaking out because i would you know you're you and i just remember watching you on tv and saying to my boyfriend at the time i feel like we should be friends like i feel like we get each other and he's like from what i'm like i don't know i just like you do interviews and i'm like yep yep she speaks to me like it's all in the eyes there's something there um and you're an asshole so you know yeah too um so yeah I was like trying to look cool in front of the kids I coached and I was like I'll introduce you guys (laughs) I went over and talked to you and then um gave you my card and you emailed the next day and we met up for coffee that lasted for like four hours and then we remember toured the country together doing choreography so what's yeah I mean so here are 
here I am right after the Olympics. We're doing like our, I think it was, it was after, so two, 2009 probably. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like a whole Olympic team was getting together to like be honored that we were the Olympic team. Yada, yada. And I was like in the last puppy phase, I had just finished gymnastics. Like nobody tells you what to do. You're not really, you know, equipped to be an adult yet and like go into the world and work. So I was just like, what the, what am I going to do with my life? And so you happened to come into my life at a time where I was like, I got nothing to do. And I'm, I'll take, say yes to pretty much any opportunity at this point. And I needed a job. My parents were like, Hey, this is really great. You're, you know, you're an adult now you got to get a job. And I was like, okay. So then you and I had coffee and you were talking about all the projects you were doing and you were hyping me up that you thought I could be a really good choreographer. And then we just started traveling the United States together and going to very weird places. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for trusting me. Yes, we did. We definitely went to weird places. And imagine if you were just like super trusting and I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's go do this. And then we went on like a a weird like serial killing spree or something where you're like, well, that could got dark, got dark quick, <laughs> got dark quick. Probably shouldn't put this in there, but this is just funny for you and I. So we talked about our, you know, our first meeting and that kind of journey through choreography and this and that. And it's been a really long time. Like when, oh nine. So we've, We've been together. We've been together. You've been courting me since 2009. Like yeah. you and you, me and Brady have all basically been in a relationship, a relationship with me for over 10 years. Yeah. Is he okay with that? I don't know if he really knows, but like he knows people came before him. That's why he it works. So the ability to, to adapt and work well together has kind of culminated in this like a champ thing and people people ask what it is and the best way i can describe it is just representation for freelance gymnastics professionals um doesn't totally roll off the tongue but that's basically what we're doing (laughs) and it was it was just interesting to get there like first we were trying to do camps based on your criteria and then realized well wait a second why am i creating something where i have to travel more than i already am that doesn't make sense and then looking at your experience you know just as a high level athlete your your professionalism like your ability to basically to speak to people like that's a skill in itself that a lot of people don't have and then you know combined with what i've been doing which has basically been like the go-to person for do you have a coach do you have a clinician so it only made sense i think when we pivoted into the representation realm do you agree for sure i think we were trying to figure out a way to work smarter and not harder because we were traveling so much, like we both have kids. And there is something to say about this niche community that we work in. Like, yeah, you can be a, you know, a consultant or a clinician or a coach that doesn't have a full-time gig, but you still don't know how to get that work because you don't have those connections. So I figured like between the two of us, all the people, you know, people who reach out to me for stuff, it was, almost like so easy. It was like right in front of our faces and we didn't see it till we were like in the thick of it being like, what are we doing? And we're like, oh, we can help people get work. Yeah. So we're basically like headhunters. And we're we're gymnastics headhunters. Yes. We're already doing it. Like we're already like, yeah, yeah, I got a person for you. I got to get paid for that. I I got a guy. guy. I got a guy. So for anyone listening who is trying to kind of figure out what else they can do with their abilities as a coach, for some people, being in 
the same program day in and day out and helping it grow is that's where they shine. And for some people, they don't, they don't want to be in the same four walls. They want to reach more athletes, you know, kind of have a wider reach. And that's what we're able to do is, is help people figure out how to do that and then basically protect them. I feel like there's something in our sport that people don't, aren't comfortable putting the value on themselves that they deserve Correct. as coaches. And I think it's because so many of us we're gymnasts our whole life. And then as soon as we graduated or did our last thing, we started coaching at the gym that we went to and we took it for granted that we never had to interview. We didn't have to try to get this right. job. It was basically handed to us, but we earned it. We earned it by training. And, you, and it's, so it's the value. I think the message right there is where it starts. You're just given a job to coach something you already knew how to do. So then when you become an actual adult, you don't realize the abilities that you actually have and how special it is. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what we're trying to do is, is get people to understand like you, you are worth so much more than your, the dollar sign that you're putting in that contract. And it's uncomfortable to advocate for yourself too. It, like talking money for yourself is always so awkward. Like, you know, I've done things for zero, $0 because I just was like, okay. Or like, I feel bad. And like, mm -hmm. you've, you almost feel like indebted to the sport that you have to do it for less. And it's like, no, you're, you're there, you're busting your butt, you're working hard. You're like helping influence these kids and these coaches and teaching them. Like you need to value that. And there's a value that you're not putting on it. So we put it on there for you because you know what? You're worth it. You are. You're worth it. So back to choreography. When I pitched that to you, because everybody would equate you with power. That's like the number one thing when they think of you, right? Which of course is extremely true. But did you, have you, had you really ever thought of yourself artistically or heard yourself described that way? Honestly, not really. I heard that I had like, I was a good performer, uh, but I had a dance background. So before I started doing gymnastics, I was doing tap, ballet and jazz. And I was like really into that um, at a dance school. Uh, out in Massachusetts and I was getting to the age where I was doing gymnastics and dance and they're like look you need to make a decision you can't do both like dance was pushing me more towards being a prima ballerina like auditioning for Boston Ballet and I was just starting to get on team and like moving up to the levels for gymnastics so like you gotta make a choice what do you want to do and I was like oh well I mean dance is like kind of boring I guess I'll do gymnastics because I'm not good at it and it like keeps making me try so that was that. But I obviously learned how to like present myself and perform thanks to dance. So I think that crossed over really well with gymnastics. But nobody really kind of told me I was like super artistic. They were just like, oh, she knows how to not look like Quasimodo. Well, you had you had style in what you were doing and you were committed to it. And I just remember feeling like that could go in any direction that you were given. You know, you had a yeah. you had the I'm rubbing my thigh right now, if you can't tell. The I thigh rub and the, but you were very confident and yeah, you did, you did. You had a lot of style. You used your entire body, not just your arms. And it was like, not to look at the but yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of nuances there that I think that maybe you didn't get credit for as much as you should have, or maybe just your power over overshadowed everything. But it was really cool to see that side of you and watch you go into choreography and then see how creative you are too. That's like, again, I think something that I wish 
for you, people could have seen in your gymnastics even more. And I know you yeah. started to in that comeback phase and you and I worked on a routine and you know, people, but people talked like, wow, she's dancing. You know, it was like a, another side of you and it was really cool to see. Yeah, I wish that comeback kind of, hey, obviously ended up differently. Oh, the comeback story. The comeback story goes a little something like this. After 2008, she took a little bit of a break from gymnastics, figuring out her options, and a certain someone who was in charge urged Alicia to come back, letting her know that they really, really needed her on vault and essentially convinced her to give another four years of her life to train and help Team USA at the next Olympics, strictly for vaults, and she, she did just that. Now, I'm not placing the blame on anyone for quote unquote making her come back, but there was a little bit of an insinuation there of a promise. And she she did it. She she came back and not only did she kick ass on vault, she came back and was doing phenomenal on beam. She became the beam national champion. So, you know, she she came back and did more than what was asked of her. And at the end of the day, they went another direction, as they say in the casting world. And she did not end up on that team, not even as an alternate. And that was hard. It was hard to watch as a friend. It was hard to watch as a fan. And words couldn't even begin to describe how hard it was for her to go through that. But I want to give you guys that little bit of background to let you know when we are referring to her comeback story, kind of the very Cliff's Notes version of it. Yeah, I wish that comeback kind of, hey, obviously ended up differently and I was able to do floor, but, you know, my Achilles decided it want, didn't want to be attached anymore. So <laughs> well, when, that, when that tour, I was like, well, we're going to do what we can. And then giving up floor was kind of a, a yeah. given just because it was so much pressure on my foot at the time, but I was working it and I was trying to get it back. But, you know, it is what it is. I went out on my own terms. I couldn't have competed any better and whatever. Gymnastics is... Yeah, you did. It and is you, what it is. You didn't have to do half of what you did, according to what you were told you needed to do. And you, I have to say, like, one of the things that I, I think defines you as an athlete so much is the fact that when you came back, not only did you keep that punch front mountain, <laughs> you added a back talk to it. And I just, like, the first time I saw you do it, I was like, yes. That's amazing. And I don't like, know. Oh, you fell on it in competition? I'm going to make it harder and add a back tuck. Because maybe I won't fall on the front tuck if I know there's something after it. <laughs> but an immediate skill right after. Maybe <laughs> it'll make me stay on. Was there any part of you that was like, in your face, public? Like, look. I, I just thought it was such a freaking awesome statement. I don't know. Maybe there's something mentally off to me. I didn't think it was outlandish for me to keep the mount. I was like, it's my beam mount. I don't. How else am I going to get on the beam? I don't. I don't know how to do anything else to get on the beam. I'm like, what am I going to do? A press handstand? That's way too tight, like physically taxing. I'm like, I'll be tired the rest of my beam routine. Figured a front tuck was the easiest thing I could do. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> and you showed the world that Sacramony can do a sheep jump. I mean, there was just so many things about that comeback that, like you said, you know, you, you went out on your own terms. You did everything great. And whatever was left in other people's hands was left in other people's hands. But there's so many special things that I think came out of it as well. You know, you showing that right there, that whole mount thing, 
showing, you know, flexibility that maybe we didn't know that you had. I remember somebody on Twitter was like, I saw Alicia Sacramone do a sheep jump. I can die happy. <laughs> I mean, you know what? No one's not happy about my sheep jump. All the times I split the beam and like nailed the side of my legs on the sheep jump, I still got permanent discoloration there. Like, oh, hey, a nice remembrance of that sheep sure. jump. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good. But yeah, I didn't think I could do it. And I'm pretty sure the only reason I did it was because Mia was like, you can't do a sheep jump. And I was like, oh, yes, I can. And Sylvie's like, yes, she can. Sylvie was always on my side, whether I was right or wrong, always on my side, which Love I loved about her. Um, so I think Mihai knew like the way to get me to do things was to tell me I couldn't do things and right. then I would do it. He's a very smart man. But speaking of him being on your side, what about when the judge told him that you needed to take out that thigh rub? What was his response to the judge? <laughs> you go, You go tell her. You go tell her to take it out. She's a grown-ass woman. She can do whatever she wants. Like, thanks, That's Mihai. Awesome. And the other Mihai thing of him kind of in a in a different way standing up for you was um, after the Olympics when, I don't know if it was the Olympic Committee or some board somewhere, asked him to educate other coaches on the front handspring entry the way that you did it. And he mm -hmm. refused. He was like, technically, he tells me inside, he's like, technically, it's not correct what you do, but it works for you. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, so I can't teach them that because only you can really do it like that. He's like, there may be a few other athletes that can actually physically do it the way you do it. But like your power and the way you can hold your body is the reason why you can do it that way. So he was like, I'm not going to teach them that. He's like, it's, I don't know. He basically was like, it sucks way of doing it. Sucks. I don't know. She just sucks. does it like that. Sucks way. And I'm like, yep. My way. But wasn't he upset too that you didn't, you, he felt like you didn't get the benefit of how well you did it because of your entry. And then he's like, and now you want me to teach it? Like, so yeah, there would be a lot of um, back and forth between judges or even when we were at training camps and I'd vault and they wouldn't give me my start value because they say I was piked. And yes, I piked on the entry, but as I'm flipping and twisting, my body's straight. So it is a laid out Rudy. So it was just a lot of back and forth. And finally, um, when I went to world championships for the first time in 2005, um, they gave me a good score. So apparently he was like, you American judges obviously are going to knock your own athlete, but she's scoring well internationally and got a bronze medal at her first big international competition. So yeah. we're going to keep it the way it is. <laughs> and we did. For your vault, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm wrong, I've lied to many people, uh, many parents. So, you know, when when I was coaching, like on a regular basis, the the standard things that usually come up with like compulsory parents, they kids have just started competing and they get, you know, it's all new and exciting and nerve wracking and they get very caught up. Whereas the optional parents are kind of like, it's old hat after a while and they don't get so yeah. And they would, you know, why can't she do her kip? Why can't she, you know, why is she still getting spot in her back handspring? Why this? Why that? And I would always try to tell them, like, she, you have time. She's just getting started. And I would then use the example of you and say, you know, she's the world champion on vault and she couldn't get over the table until like level seven. Is that accurate? Didn't you say that to me once or am I making that up? Uh, no, I was terrified of vault. Like, I, I, I was so scared. I like, the idea of running full power at a solid object. I was like, this is, this is like crazy as a little kid. I was like, I'm not doing it, not doing it. Um, so then I finally, I mean, I obviously started gymnastics late. So let's think about this. I started at eight years old. 
So at eight, I'm trying to do level two, doing like squat on jump off and like clipping my feet and just face planning over it. And then made the transition to front handsprings. And I was really afraid. Um, and then I had a clinic and I remember it was Ivan Ivanov for whatever reason. He's like, I'm going to chase you down the vault runway. I'm like, please don't. Like, I don't, I don't know you, sir. You're like a little bit scary. Um, and I'm very close with Ivan now, which is even funny, funnier because I'm like, like back then. Grown ass man chasing a little girl. Grown <laughs> ass man chasing. I was like, I feel like this would probably be illegal nowadays. Like you can't chase a kid. So he's like, I'm going to chase you. I'm like, but how am I going to get over the table? I'm like, he's like, you're going to hit the board. And I'm like, okay. And so I, he, he chased me and he didn't go slow. Like I, he was actually like on my heels and there was somebody there to like kind of spot me up and over, but I finally figured out like the increasing speed, the hurdle, the punch, it all kind of clicked. And then after that, I was like, oh, okay, it's not that bad, but it took me a while. Yeah. All right, good. Well, thank you for um, not making me a liar because okay. that's gotten me out of many jams with parents. <laughs> okay. You ready for some videos? Yes. Are you going to show me my beam out from the Olympics? Cause that'd nope. be cool. Okay, cool. I wouldn't, I would not do that to you. Other people would. Um, a girl fell in her mount at one of the NCAA meets I was broadcasting. And oh. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the worst. I go, I really have a soft spot for <laughs> beam mounts. <laughs> Somebody referred Dude. to that on Twitter and said too soon. <laughs> it was too soon. <laughs> 13 years, guys. You got to let it go. <laughs> So I am now showing her a video of her finally getting gold on vault at world championships. You know, do you ever look back at your hair choices and think, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> I was just going to say, I love the dark hair. I always love no, 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 the, the color is fine, but like the cornrow, I'm like, what was I, what was I doing there? Gel, um, a lot of gel. This is the only time me has ever fixed my springboard. Normally I do it myself. Um, was there, is there some symbol as well? Symbolism in that? I think he just didn't want to look bad if I moved the board oh. myself on the podium. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> isn't it okay? Like, I don't think my body could physically do this anymore. I would be like, one, I'd pee myself for sure. Second, like, I don't, I definitely can't run that fast anymore. But man. I used to be like pretty good at gymnastics. You were pretty good at gymnastics. Look at your face there. <laughs> I was so mad. Like, I think, I don't know. I was going through some personal things and I was angry. Obviously, I was, I was looking like Avril Lavigne. Look at my dark eyeliner. Yes, I mean, I still go back to this cornrow. I can't. And I mean, I got a uniboob because of these sports bras they make us wear. It's not a really good look. Thank God my gymnastics was good enough to distract people. What's wrong with my landing? How come I couldn't land to save my life? And I feel like when you're 500 feet in the air and going a million miles an hour, something's got to give. You're so angry, though. Why do you look so angry? You was mad about it. Yeah, I'm like, come on, be better than this. Um, I really wanted to win, so if I didn't stick my landings, obviously I was gonna not win. And it got close. So what about what about that change of? Well, this is after I was ranked number one, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna win a gold medal. Heck yes. Who were you pointing at? All the girls were in the stands because it was event finals. So like if you weren't competing in vault or bars, they were in the uh, stands cheering us on. So, and then here's the Russia, Russians trying to be like, she doesn't, she shouldn't get to first place. She didn't stay her landing. And I'd be like, but I didn't fall. 
I bit my tongue to not say that. (laughs) But I didn't fall. (laughs) And I had good form. So you, yes, you did. That's freaking phenomenal. So, so you had like the other team USA girls in the audience. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. All like all the team, like men's, women's, whoever, other coaches, uh, family members, all kind of in the USA section, which were all over there. So that was really fun. Do you think like, watch i don't even know how much you watch now i know obviously you're commentating for college but like do you watch elite anymore did you watch winter cup did you watch 2019 season of anything i i just noticed how much the girls are just all buddy buddy and hanging out and everybody's everybody's best friend and they're cheering for each other and there's just so much interaction obviously prior to 2020 but just their their demeanors with each other is just seemed awesome the last few years did you feel like it was like that when you were competing i think our team had a healthy balance of like being competitive within within one another and still um like wanting each other to do their best even if we are going head to head but you know it's teenage girls all hanging out together competing against one another it could get catty and feelings could get hurt a lot of the times and so you kind of worked through it and they were like your sisters. So you'd fight, but then you'd get along and Brady's over here making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole. Hi, Brady. Hi, yep. She says hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that also makes me think of like, you know, when I was saying, I feel like we would get along. It was, it was the, you were like the one athlete at the time. Now I feel like they're, being a little more real in their interviews. But before that, it was like your generation, it seemed it was just, I just want to hit four for four and have fun. That that was the party line. Everybody said it. And then you'd get out there and you're like, I mean, it's like nine on four, but like, you know, I can do better. I mean, you just you were like having a conversation about your real feelings and it was awesome. Like what and I don't know if that was like a lack of media training, which worked out to your advantage. Or just you're just comfortable enough and don't, you know, you're the honey badger, right? Like, <laughs> wasn't that your nickname? Yeah, it was one of my many nicknames, apparently. Um, yeah, honestly, I just, I was answering honestly. And I feel like nobody's ever told me, like, you need to say, I want to hit four for four. But everyone rather would play it safe and say what nothing can be, like, taken away from or misconstrued. So I would just be like, you know what? wasn't great (laughs) didn't have a good day today um and i felt like people appreciated um how candid i was in all my interviews because i'm not i'm not a robot like and i wasn't there to have fun i was there to win medals and not fuck up which i occasionally would so and when i did i would try to at least own it i love that i wasn't there to have fun (laughs) wasn't there to have fun but Sorry. it's true. But the, I mean, the, obviously winning is fun, but yeah, it's, yeah. I just, I feel like that it took away the gravity of what you're doing or the intensity of what you're doing and how difficult it is when you're like, it's just fun. No, it's really hard. And it's amazing. It's fun. And it it's feels scary good. and very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever catch any flack for that though? Like by USA Gymnastics or any of the powers that be? No, I was just labeled like a loud mouth, which I wasn't very loud, which is even funnier. I would just say what I was thinking. um, And she speaks her mind. I did have a little, you know, Mia and I had a very um, loaded relationship where 
when I was younger, of course, I had like do what he says. And I was like very like gymnasty, like yes, yes, master, yes, coach. Okay. <laughs> and then as I got older, I was like, nope. He'd be like, go again. I'm like, not going again. Can't make me. And he'd be like, wow. so then the older I got, once I was after the Olympics and I came back, I like sat in his office. I'm like, look, this is how it's going to go. I'm not doing two a days. And he's like, yes, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm only training in the morning and uh, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I would like you to coach me. And he was like, <laughs> you just come in here, basically telling me what you're doing. And you say, you would like me to coach you. I'm like, are you going to coach me? He's like, yeah, obviously. But <laughs> like, you're going to have to listen to me. And I was like, it'll be a compromise. And so every day I'd go into practice in the morning. I'd finish that practice. And be like, I'll see you in the afternoon. I go, no, you won't. And I wouldn't go in the afternoon. I'd go to like yoga. I'd go lift. I'd go to rehab physical therapy, excuse me. I shouldn't say rehab. I wasn't, you know, my drinking was under control because I was of age. Um, and then I'd come in the next day and every that practice is in, I'd be like, all right, see you in the afternoon. I'd be like, nope. Uh, but some days I would actually go back and help him coach. So he was not completely incorrect. Was that, was that second time different to not being the only one on that track? Yes and no. So Allie was like full blown in the phase of like how I was when I was younger, like mm -hmm. just horse blinders on gymnastics, the only thing that matters. And I, you, you got to do it. And so for me, I already had been that way. I know what to expect. I experienced it. You know, I knew all the hype, the expectations, um, the reality of it, how it comes and goes so fast. And it's in a blink of an eye, it's over and you're just back to being a normal person. Mm -hmm. So Allie just hadn't experienced that yet. So she would be like, sobbing in tears having a bad day and I, and I would try to like make her feel better but it's like hard to wrap your head around that when you haven't been there so I'm like look it's not the end of the world so what you balked on your, your tanko two and a half and flat backed it's all right you'll live and so there'd be a lot of times me I would like send me over to deal with her and practice if she was like too emotional he didn't do well with like the a lot of emotion he was just like ah <laughs> feelings guy <laughs> he's like oh gosh um but it was helpful having someone, you know, I wasn't training alone. So that was nice. I used to be like at the end of the vault runway being like, oh, but myself don't want to be. Um, so it was nice to, you know, have somebody else there. And then she'd be getting yelled at instead of me, which I really liked. <laughs> and vice versa. Like there'd be days he'd be yelling at me and she'd be like, thank you. I'm like, you're welcome. Your turn tomorrow. Tomorrow it's you. I'm not doing bars. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. All right, let's go to our next video. Oh, this is a good one. If you have not seen it yet, just look up on YouTube, Alicia Sacrimony Punch, and you will see a beauty of a video, which is Alicia in her college days outside at what can only be explained as a frat party. There's boxes of Natty Light, empty ones outside, and her just about a foot and a half away from a guy and people egging her on including the guy in front of her and she proceeds to deck him in the face and he falls to the ground i'm sorry i shouldn't be laughing but just go watch it it's hilarious i already saw that video he was like you didn't even follow through on the punch and i was like i've never hit anybody before i didn't know um so yeah he like dared me to hit him in the face so I did what are you gonna not do it 
I know. And then he like just fung, fell amongst all like empty natty lights because obviously it was like a big drinking weekend in college. So um, it was just hilarious. Oh my gosh. And that was your blonde curly hair days. Yeah, that was like when I put mousse in my hair to make it like crimpy. Another poor life choice when it came to hair decisions. I also had bang side bangs too. You could see them like kind of plastered to the side. Yeah, it's a good look. Mm -hmm. So I I love that video so much because I just have this thing where like I want the world to know how tough gymnasts are. And even something like that, that like it's questionable morals is to me i looked at it as like see see how strong we are like see how hard that sport is anything you can do to get people to see how strong gymnasts are like makes you very happy yeah i think uh, people know me more for that than my, any of my actual gymnastics which i'm like all right i mean you know guys i did cooler things than that but it was funny like i met that kid's mom at one point like on campus and i was like i'm so sorry she's like oh honey it was great he deserved it i'm like okay <laughs> what you're welcome. Um, I think. <laughs> All right. I've got, I've got another one here. I feel like you're going to relate to this one a lot. It might make you a little, a little homesick. So Aww. yeah, this video, I wish we could just play the whole thing, but it's uh, not really allowed. So I want to refer you guys to a certain Saturday night live sketch that takes place at Dunkin' Donuts. It's supposed to be a Dunkin' Donuts commercial and it has the most authentic Bostonians uh, played by Casey Affleck, who does the lead. And it is a spitting image of, of us. How many times have you met that guy? Oh, like, I dated no, That's of like, <laughs> I didn't date any of them, but I mean, I knew a lot of them. Yeah, it may be my cousin. I'm not quite sure. That's our, that's our home. People wonder why I am the way I am. And you watch that video and it's partially because of that. Those They're are awesome. like my neighbors and like my friends I went to high school with. Like we're degenerates. It's, and it was so, when I saw that, it was like, there was this, yes, it's hilarious, but there's like a sense of comfort a little bit too. I was like, oh. like I, it does make, it, it does make you feel at home. You You're like, oh, they get it. They get it. <laughs> at the end, he does the epitome of every douchebag and chucks his hot coffee at the windshield of the guy who's pissed up. Oh, like, I feel oh. like I saw that happen on a daily basis. Like, that's just what guys in Boston do. When <laughs> People are like, oh, is it nice living in Boston? I'm like, yeah, the city's amazing. There's so much history and culture, great schools. I'm like, but the whole bunch of assholes. That's why we're called massholes. Because they're like, oh, how can we make this, like, socially acceptable to say, like, they're... We'll just put an M in front of it and say, oh, they're mass holes. And then it's fine. And it's not offensive. And then it's fine. All right. So I just have a couple more questions here. Yeah. So is it true that you had considered at one point or maybe even tried, but didn't compete at Torjate full on beam? I did try many, many times. And I could just never get the landing like well enough around where I wouldn't get a big deduction. But I was training it. Um, I messed around with like switch sleep, torjete, half, switch sleep, torjete, full on beam. Um, I split the beam a number of times. Um, that and the sheep jump really got me. I never got it good enough to I could compete it though. That would have been incredible. Just the fact that sweet. is a little insane. I still, this world champion thing. What? Do you, like, I know that you don't walk around and be like, I'm champion of the world, blah, blah, blah. But like, that's got to do something. Like, if you're ever having a bad day, do you ever think of that? Like, I'm, 
I am the best in the world at something. I mean, it doesn't even matter what it is. That's such an incredible thing to say. Like, do you ever just think like, it's pretty awesome? Honestly, no. Isn't that weird? Like, I feel like gymnastics was like an alter ego life that didn't exist. Or it was just like so long ago that I'm like, oh, it's ancient history. Um, so I don't really think about it that often. But then like every now and then I'll do like something like this. And they like make you think about it. And you're like, well, shit. Yeah. yeah. I was literally the best in the world the at this. World. And now I'm like at least fourth place at changing a diaper. Like fourth place in the world. You get like, a lot of practice though. <laughs> I have a lot of practice. My kids are the storm. Uh, what is more frustrating? Um, missing, missing your feet on a sheep jump or thinking of the perfect comeback five minutes after the person left the room? Thinking of the perfect comeback five minutes after. So frustrating. Uh, so frustrating. I mean, I will still say it and act like I said it to him if I'm recounting the story to someone else. And I'd be like, yeah, man, I told him to go fuck his own. And he's like, <laughs> I love that that's the one that comes out. No, I don't know what happened there. And Brady's like, you didn't say that. I'm like, hey, for the story's sake, I did. That's really what matters. I mean, you want me to say a different comeback? Because I feel like that one's pretty aggressive. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> I am Alicia. I have a potty mouth. You're welcome. Do you have any thoughts on kind of just the, the current state of our sport? Um, I think gymnastics has come a long way. It's had a turbulent couple of years, um, kind of leading up to this point with a lot of things that were kind of kept in the shadows coming to light. And I feel like all those things needed to happen to make it a healthier culture for our athletes. And um, I still feel like it's just like tidal wave after tidal wave of like things coming up that remind everybody like how bad it was. And nobody really kind of understands unless you lived it and so i'll come across somebody that'll be like oh did you know that guy and i'm like yeah i did was do you know nassar i'm like yeah he's my doctor for over 10 years and then like as soon as i drop that bomb on him people are like and i'm like nothing ever happened to me i don't know why I, i'm happy nothing ever happened to me and i it breaks yeah. my heart that it happened to so many other people but i can't explain why but yeah, so that kind of freaks people out. I'm like, you don't know. It's, it was like a culture that like they were winning. So in their minds, they're like, we're not going to change anything because we're doing the right thing. But sometimes doing getting the right results doesn't mean you're doing the right thing to get there. And I think that needed to happen to make it better because I think our athletes, you know, can be a little bit more themselves and they don't need to be robots and only want to go four for four. They can, you know, compete longer like Simone. She's you know, what doing what I was doing. She's 24. She's going for another Olympics and um, she gets to, you know, do it her way, which is great. And I think that the Federation allows for that now. And before it like would be like, no, 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 you, you need to be at classics or you need to be at championships or you have to go to camp. And it's like, no, like if you're, you're good and you're ready and you're ready to compete, you can, and you don't need to like constantly prove yourself along the way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good. It needed to change. And I think the people who are on staff now are, you know, doing the best they can to make it a healthy, like welcoming and like pleasurable environment for everybody. Do you have any desire to be involved like you were? I know you did a short stint as athlete rep. Is there any desire to get your, get your hands in there at all? Or are you kind of 
closing. Honestly, I was literally thinking about this yesterday, how I would consider kind of maybe reaching out to Tom Forrester and like seeing how I could get involved and help out or, you know, do something. But right now it's just so hard. My kids are so young. Um, and I want to be there for them. So maybe once they're older and not as dependent on me, I would consider going back and helping them. So I figured there's something I can do. I don't know what it would be now, but you know, I'm taking, I'm certified in personal training and I'm doing different continuing education stuff that will help with like sports planning for like sports programs for athletes. So that could help change the way gymnasts are preparing their bodies for competition, for training. Maybe that's one way I could help out, but it's a little bit down the road. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. I know that's not the easiest question to get. No, I don't care. <laughs> it's a lot, but it's there. But can you talk a little bit about your, am I using the right word when I say bro commentating, broadcasting? Broadcasting. Okay. How you got yourself into that, how that feels participating in that, in that way. So I broadcast uh, NCAA gymnastics for the SEC network, which is part of ESPN. And I kind of just fell into that because they were short staffed. They had needed somebody who knew gymnastics. And I don't know how they end up getting my contact number, but they reach out to me like, hey, would you be able to do this competition? And I said, sure. So I started doing... Um, these competitions with John Roethlisberger as my play-by-play, -play, which I've known John for years. We have a great um, dynamic. He's hilarious. Um, and so it was just being able to talk about the sport that I know. So I didn't have to think overly hard, but you do have to like prepare for what you're watching, the you know backgrounds on the teams and stats and a little bit of that. But it basically, they're like, look, we think you're hilarious and you just say what's on your mind, whether it's, you know, you know, pol polite or not. I have yet to use card 99, which is like when you drop an F-bomb or something on air. Um, that's the whole running joke. Every broadcast are like, is she going to card 99 it tonight? And I'm like, no, guys, I can shut it off when I need to. It's but like there's, a no, like, there's a little delay, obviously, right? Like, no. Well, there's none. So if I was like, that was terrible, like that was going to be on air. Oh, that's terrifying. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you like a little nervous when you're sitting there because sometimes like, you know, things come out of your mouth every now and then you're like, whoa, whoa, what? yeah, but I have to be really self-aware when I'm on, mm. on camera. So I don't say anything like that, but you never know. But there's a rhythm to what you do too. Like it's not, I think of like with stand up comedy, like the same thing, people think you just get up there and tell jokes or like broadcasting, you're just saying what you see, but there's a skill there. Like you have to have timing, you have to have a style, you have to know when to back off and let the screen speak for itself like do you just figure all of that stuff out is that instinctual i think it, it took me a while to learn like what my type of like broadcasting was and so for me like i try to give it more of an educational approach that's like that that's also that some people can understand like i'm not going to be very technical talking about full-blown gymnastics the name of their skills because you know the common viewer doesn't know what a takachev is so i try to explain what it is why it's named that way if they fall, why they fell. Um, so I try to make it so they're learning something, but I also try to make it funny because then otherwise no one's going to want to listen to like a boring lecture. Right. If you're like sitting with me at a gymnastics competition, you'd probably get like the HBO version. Right. Like, right. Where I'm like dropping some swears and stuff. Uh, but on TV, it's like the PG 13. Yeah. Maybe even PG eh, 13, PG 13. So you're like kind of a professional. You kind yeah, of, kind of. 
just going back to how comfortable you were on the camera before being able to be yourself like seems like a really good fit and i know people super enjoy enjoy hearing you because it's it's, kind of it's nice because i never did like a big school in civil gymnastics so being able to watch like those team dynamics and how much fun they're having it's, it's like really it's like refreshing compared to like elite gymnastics which can be a little heavy at times because it is there's always like something on the line for the athletes right. whereas ncaa is like they only care about their team which is nice yeah yeah do you feel like you missed out on that no you're done yeah no i'm done like everyone's like do you miss your masters i'm like no no do you ever do it for fun no like do you put a leotard on for fun no because my vagina would hate it <laughs> everybody's wearing these bodysuits they're like why are you in a bodysuit i'm like i wore a bodysuit for 12 years my body ain't going back whatever i've seen your workout videos i feel like you could wear a leotard but we'll just we'll leave that there you use handstands in your workouts all the time don't you yeah yeah like you're you know it's still in you like that that feeling of just like wanting to be upside down i haven't like flipped in a long time well it's not true i did on trampoline but that doesn't count i feel like it's um, okay so never mind i did it not that long ago then basically having a comeback like right now you do handstands and a flip you're like just hit the gym for morning workouts you'll be all set i won't be there in the afternoons behind he oh, would literally die if i called him and was like hey i'm gonna make a comeback he would just be like stop it can we stop start it right now start a rumor that you're coming back sure be my yeah. guest this interview with alicia and she's got some really exciting news that may pertain to tokyo. they're like she's pregnant again <laughs> <laughs> and she's having the baby in tokyo yep i'm going to actually land a vault and it's going to come out and be my first natural birth <laughs> it'll be fantastic just won't have natural births doesn't doesn't happen that way. nope never happens so my last question to you is very simple what makes you think of joy watching my kids um enjoy or like have fun and just be happy and laugh like that brings me joy and that is all i tr ever try to do like granted they drive me a uh, friggin crazy but mm -hmm. when they're happy there's nothing better i agree good answer it was pg thanks i okay. mean yeah i almost said but i did it <laughs> that was good where, where can people find you where can people follow you and and hear you whether it's broadcasting or social media you can follow me on instagram it's alicia sacramony quinn and twitter it's at asaq underscore three all right awesome thank you so much for doing this you're welcome my pleasure thanks for carving out time i know that's a lot so this episode makes me think about my gut reaction as a kid you know, watching gymnastics, being a gymnast, knowing how hard it was, just wanting people to understand how hard it was to succeed and not even to succeed, how hard it was to just hang. And the media not really helping out very much. I would see things on the Olympics, the narrative of little girls dancing for gold and this image of little kids just 
dancing around and having fun in leotards. And it's because we were watching people who had mastered something and they had mastered it because they were stronger and they were tougher and they were more persistent and more hardworking than anyone else. That's why they made it look easy. It's not because it is easy. And it, even things like the athletes being interviewed and saying, I just want to hit four for four and have fun. It would frustrate me to my core because I felt like here you are, you have an opportunity to show the world how badass you are. And we're just given the party line, I just want to hit four for four and have fun. So to have that conversation with Alicia just felt so reassuring that you know, maybe we are headed in a different direction. And she was one who was able to get out there and be real and start to show people that these are real people with real struggles and and have intense goals. And they're not afraid to share that with you. That's an athlete. This is the hardest sport in the world. And in order to truly, truly appreciate it, the viewer, the spectator has to have an appreciation of how difficult it is. And I don't think athletes need to be afraid to show that they're disappointed in their performance. That shows that they care. That shows that they're not perfect. That shows that it's hard. Athletes need to not be afraid to show their frustration or show their pride in a great performance because that pride comes from a place of, wow, I just did something that was damn hard to do. This is the hardest sport in the world. You can fight me on that if you want. <laughs> But it is. It also makes me think about that first encounter with Alicia, as you heard that story recounted in the interview today, and how I was I was really scared to go up to her. I didn't know how she was going to react, and she was a celebrity for all intents and purposes. And had I not done that, I would have missed out an opportunity of not only now a business partner, but a great friend. So who are you holding back from approaching? So I know you hear this all the time, so I'm gonna try to say it in a different way. Please rate and review the show. You're welcome. And if you don't, I'm gonna keep singing. You can follow the show on Twitter at YouThinkPod. That's at YouThinkPod on Twitter. If you have show ideas, questions, interview requests, go ahead and put them in there. I also just want to hear what you're thinking. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nicole Langevin Consultant. So that's it for this episode. I want to thank Alicia for taking the time to talk and bleep for an hour. And I also want to thank our sponsor, Creatively Disruptive. They are the marketing team behind your team. And I'm telling you guys, if you need guidance, help, anything with marketing, regardless of your business, these guys know what they're doing. They've helped me a ton and they've helped a lot of people in the gymnastics, swimming and dance industry as well. Check them out, creativelydisruptive.com. Until next time, keep thinking outside the box.